The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. There are thousands upon thousands of amazing, helpful books out there. My goal is to read them and share how we can implement the wisdom to improve our lives, the lives of the animals, and even help save the world. Welcome to Zoo Notable, taking wisdom from self-improvement, conservation, and animal-related books, and using them to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Whether you are an animal care professional or just a lover of nature and life, Zoo Notables helps you grow and level up your life. Welcome back to Zoo Notables, enriching your mind as we continue to take care of ourselves so we can show up at our best for our families, communities, and the planet. Today we're going to take a trip to my coaching program, Optimize, and the true inspiration for Zoo Notables. So Optimize is an amazing program which teaches us all how to be the best versions of ourselves. The program includes countless mentors in what they call luminary sessions, which is where I got inspired to read today's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, by Cal Newport. Now, Cal is a professor of computer science at Georgetown. He's author of several incredibly helpful books, including Deep Work, Digital Minimalism, and How to Become a Straight-A Student. Now, all these books are worthy of their own notables, but for today, I'd like to dive in deep with this book for people who are chasing their passions and following their dreams. As the subtitle of the book explains, this is why skills trump passion in the quest for work that you love. So let's dive right on in to being so good they can't ignore you with big idea number one, Steve Martin and Steve Martin. Quote, in a 2007 episode of the Charlie Rose show, Rose was interviewing the actor and comedian Steve Martin about his memoir, Born Standing Up. They talked about the realities of Martin's rise. In the last five minutes of the interview, Rose asks Martin his advice for aspiring performers. Nobody takes note of my advice because it's not the answer they wanted to hear, Martin said. What they want to hear is, here's how you get an agent. Here's how you write a script. But I always say, be so good, they can't ignore you. So this is going to sound a little bit like a joke, but when you bring up the name Steve Martin to animal care professionals, you may want to quantify who you're talking about, the comedian or the highly respected animal training expert. And I actually bring this up because I can literally picture both the comedian and the highly respected animal training expert relaying this gorgeous piece of advice. Get so good at a skill in your desired field that they can't ignore you. Now, it does sort of remind me of Steve Martin, again, that highly respected animal training expert, his advice on training animals about putting trust in the bank. He tells us that working with animals is like opening a bank account where instead of money, we are investing in trust. Whenever we interact with an animal, whether we are simply passing by, engaged in a training session, feeding them, or closing up and saying goodnight, we have an opportunity to deposit a little more trust in our account. When we do something the animal enjoys, such as petting, showing affection, playing, or otherwise reinforcing the animal, we add more trust. And when we do something the animal doesn't like, such as clipping their nails too short or taking them to the vet, 
giving them a bath, anything else like this, we withdraw trust. The name of the game is to never deplete your account of trust. If you go bankrupt, it's incredibly hard to win or earn that trust back. And folks, this is kind of like how it is in today's world. Except for our trust account with others is just already non-existent. We have to prove to them with repeated examples that we are worth their time and their effort. We have to deposit so much trust in our trust bank account with others that we shine, that we are so good that they can't ignore us. We have so much energy that they can feel us. And we want to be so awesome that, yeah, they adore us. Now, both Steve Martins are dead on with this advice. We need to become invested in ourselves, as well as create a strong pathway toward our dreams, whether our dreams are becoming a comedian or a highly respected animal training expert. So what does being so good they can't ignore you mean? It's developing the right frame of mind, which brings us to big idea number two. Craftsman mindset versus the passion mindset. Quote, to summarize, I've presented two different ways people think about work, their working life. The first is a craftsman mindset, which focuses on what you can offer the world. The second is the passion mindset, which instead focuses on what the world can offer you. The craftsman mindset offers clarity, while the passion mindset offers a swamp of ambiguous and unanswerable questions. There's something liberating about the craftsman mindset. It asks you to leave behind the self-centered concerns about whether your job is quote-unquote just right and instead put your head down and plug away at getting really damn good. No one owes you a great career, it argues. You need to earn it, and the process won't be easy. Now, I'm actually going to stop right here and say there's a slight, I don't know, we call it an exception to this big idea, even though I deep down... 100% wholeheartedly agree with the craftsman mindset. My one argument is that the conservation profession, that is zookeepers, researchers, and teachers, as well as those caregivers, again, zookeepers, teachers, and then add in nurses and counseling careers, there is actually a strong essence of passion that goes into pursuing the, these careers. I don't think it's quite as black and white or either or as Kalb sort of puts it. You know, animal care professionals and teachers don't make a lot of money for them to do it just because they're good at it. What I think Cal is getting at is how do we get these jobs or careers that fire us up, the jobs that feed our passion? Well, again, as this title explains, we need to get so good that they can't ignore us. And that, my friends, is developing a craftsman mindset. The passion is what drives us to get so good that they can't ignore us. Now, Joseph Campbell tells us what we need to follow our bliss. But following our bliss won't get us far in our quest if we don't know where we're going or which path to take, or if we don't have any tools to help us along the way. That takes hard work. It takes dedication and grit to keep going, which is where the passion does play in. Without that deep underlying passion, our big why, as I call it, we are a lot more likely to give up when the going gets tough. But there is a distinction. Again, as Cal puts it, the craftsman mindset focuses on what you can offer the world, whereas the passion mindset focuses on what the world can offer you. 
Wanting to have a career taking care of your favorite animal is a passion. Now instead, think about what you can offer the world in this career. Apply that craftsman mindset to your ideal scenario. What can you offer the animals, your community, or even the planet in this role that you desire? How can you get so good at that something that is the proverbial they can't ignore you? What is something that that will make them, aka the hiring managers, pay attention? So that's what we're going after, creating a craftsman mindset. The craftsman mindset is actually eerily similar to Stephen Pressfield's idea of the amateur versus the professional. In his book, War of Art, Pressfield tells us, quote, The amateur plays part-time, the professional full-time. The amateur is a weekend warrior. The professional is there seven days a week. The word amateur comes from the Latin root meaning to love. The conventional interpretation is that the amateur pursues his calling out of love, while the pro does it for the money. This isn't the way I see it. In my view, the amateur does not love the game enough. If he did, he would not pursue it as a sideline, distinct from his real vocation. The professional loves it so much that he dedicates his life to it. He commits full time. Do you love something? Do you have a passion for conservation? Do you have it for animals or doing something great and wonderful? Don't let passion take you down the road of the amateur. Again, adopt the craftsman mindset. Get so good no one can ignore you and go all in as you turn pro. But how exactly do do we do that? How do we get so good that they can't ignore us? Well, that's big idea number three, deep work. Quote, deep work is professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. Deep work is necessary to wring every last drop of value out of your current intellectual capacity. We now know from decades of research in both psychology and neuroscience that the state of mental strain that accompanies deep work is also necessary to improve your abilities. Deep work, distraction-free concentration, stretches your cognitive capabilities to their limit, creates new value, improves your skill, and the products of this type of work are hard to replicate. Compare that to its opposite, which is shallow work. Non-cognitively demanding, logistical-style tasks often performed while distracted. These efforts tend not to create much new value in the world, and they are easy to replicate. So we have the option whenever we are studying or working on a big career dream or even a fitness goal to go deep or perform shallow work. We can be intensely focused or we can half-ass it. Cal tells us that we're not going to create anything of value when our attention is fragmented by the latest push notification or email or whatever. We must focus. Imagine if LeBron James, again, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, just kind of sort of showed up, half dribbling, half eating a sandwich, and then stopping practice to answer a text on his phone. It's ludicrous because he's so intensely focused on being so good, we can't ignore him. And it's hard to say no to distractions. I totally get it. 
I have a wonderful cat who demands my attention. I have a whole kitchen filled with possibilities. There's always laundry to do. And there's the whole internet, which begs for me to catch up and find out who's the most adorable television couple of 2021. But those are the ways of shallow work. If we want to develop a craftsman mindset and build trust in our account so that we can impress we can impress others so much that they can't ignore us, we have to go deep, remove distractions, even for a specified amount of time, and focus on what's important to you. Before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them, so we'll be right back after these messages. On to big idea number four, that is the challenge of diversity. So we've talked about the craftsman mindset and how to get so good they can't ignore you, how this again will lead to your dream job. But I'm going to put out a challenge that I kind of came across, I discovered as I read so good they can't ignore you. And it also came up during a special coaching call with Cal Newport that I was fortunate enough to attend. In the field that I worked with, again, zookeeping animal training for 15 years, notice that there is a large disparity between whites and minorities, particularly black people and those of indigenous descent. The problem isn't often addressed openly, but I think that this particular topic of how to land your dream job is pretty pertinent to the subject of diversity and conservation-related careers. One of the issues is that only a very small percentage of people of color pursue studies in STEM subjects, that is science, technology, engineering, and math. But the other glaring issue is that is what we've been talking about with this book. It's about how most people get so good their dream jobs can't ignore them. And the pathway that I have even told countless visitors if they want to pursue the career that I've been so fortunate to be part of for so long is to get a degree and then get lots of experience. Again, get so good they can't ignore you. So how do you get experience? Well, you volunteer. You take internships that are most of the time unpaid positions. You take a seasonal, super low-paying job when you can get to gain where you can that you can get to gain lots of knowledge and experience to show other facilities that you're worthy of their attention. But there is a glaring problem with this strategy. Volunteering, unpaid internships, and low-pay seasonal, seasonal gigs require an outside support system. If you have student loans, a family to support, and no outside support, how do you accomplish juggling reality while pursuing your passion, even with a craftsman mindset? The answer, as it is right this moment, is you actually don't. And we don't have many people of color mentors in the field of conservation either. I recently remembered a wonderful mentor, Wangari Mathai, a Kenyan woman who started the Green Belt Movement to plant trees in Kenya and around the world. And I also see local zoo educator Jordan Veasley of Cougar Mountain Zoo sharing his journey as a black zookeeper. And I truly, truly hope others see him and think, oh, this is something that I can do too. I feel it's what black people felt when they saw Black Panther, just hands down one of the most amazing superhero movies I've ever seen. 
and it's showing everyone that heroes don't always have to be, you know, white. And it's also why I think Disney should make Mirabelle, the latest Disney protagonist in the movie Encanto, a princess, or at least create a line of Disney heroes. When people see others like them doing incredible things like being superheroes or saving endangered species or working with animals or teaching others to protect the environment, they can get inspired to do the same thing themselves. Now, how do we get more diverse representation in a field that demands that we are all the best of the best in a very competitive field? This, my friends, is the challenge. Now, if I had all the answers, I'm sure that I'd be making a lot more than just a simple podcast. But one place I think it starts is providing opportunities for all people to share their skills and their passions, honing them, and then sharing our passions and skills so others can become the best versions of themselves as well. And it's going to lead us to big idea number five, so good they can't ignore us, so energized that they feel us, and so awesome that they adore us. Now in the Optimize Coach program, we learn how to hone our focus on three vitally important areas, work, energy, and love. And in work, we want to shine bright and focus intently, creating a craftsman mindset, turning pro as we become so good other people can't ignore us. But we also want to shine bright in our energy and love areas too. We want to take care of ourselves in a way, such a way that we can show up as our best selves in work and in love. Feel so energized that other people around us can feel our energy radiating off of us as we continue to spiral up. And we want to love so deeply, not just our family, but our community members, and yeah, the planet. That adoration is brought back threefold. Be so awesome that others adore us. Now, what are some of the ways that we can take steps to bring focus to our work, our energy, and love, and become so good that they can't ignore us, so energized that they feel us, and so awesome to the community and the planet that they adore us? Let's work on that with deep work, compassion, and putting a little more trust and love into our lives and in others' lives each and every day. Today, tomorrow, and forever. So those are some of my thoughts from Cal Newport's book, So Good They Can't Ignore You. What idea popped out at you and how can you work on implementing that into your life starting today? Now, if this notable resonated with you, I think you'd be interested in checking out checking it out at your local library, as well as some of these other really great books, Turning Pro and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, Deep Work by Cal Newport, and The Art of Impossible by Stephen Cutler. I'm also going to encourage all of my listeners to empower their own self-improvement and changing the world by taking care of themselves and joining that optimized program I just mentioned. Right now, you can actually become a lifetime member, getting access to over 600 philosopher notes, dozens of masterclasses, and over a thousand daily positive messages to help you spiral up. And folks, it's right now absolutely free. I mean, no credit card, no promising your firstborn, just free. I'm going to put a link to sign up in the episode description down below. 
But I also would like to invite those of you who really want to sprout up and shine brighter this new year to join the coaching program. And whether you're a zookeeper, a conservationist, a writer, or just a lover of life, this program has literally changed my life. And I know, I know hands down that it can change yours too. I've been a part of the Optimized Coach since its inaugural class in 2019. And this program is worth thousands of dollars. I mean, I would pay thousands of dollars for this again. So when I saw that they had a discount on the program for this coming year to just $300 and and you can invite a friend to join for free, I really felt that this was just too good to keep to myself. So ask yourself if you would spend $300 to improve your family's life or help the planet or help your animals. And invest that money and change your life so that you can change the world. That is what Optimize and what ZooFit is all about. Now, if you want to be a coach, the class starts January 3rd, and the deal of the lifetime will end too. So if you want to check out Optimize over Christmas and the new year, please do that and then sign up for the coaching program to start your best year ever with an incredible bang. But for now, let's close up with some quotes. These are all by Cal Newport, who tells us, This argument flips conventional wisdom. It relegates passion to the sidelines, claiming that this feeling is an epiphenomenon of a working life well-lived. Don't follow your passion. Rather, let it follow you in your quest to become. In the words of my favorite Steve Martin quote, So good, they can't ignore you. Cal tells us, whereas the craftsman mindset focuses on what you can offer the world, the passion mindset focuses on what the world can offer you. This mindset is how most people approach their working lives. To produce at your peak level, you need to work for extended periods with full concentration on a single task from distraction. Put another way, the type of work that optimizes performance is deep work. And finally, if you want to win the war for attention, don't try to say no to the trivial distractions that you find on the information smorgasbord. Try to say yes to the subject that arouses a terrifying longing and let the terrifying longing crowd out everything else. that's all I've got for this wonderful book. Let me know your thoughts. What big idea resonated with you the most? And how can you incorporate that into your life starting today? And share some of your favorite books that you'd love to see a Zoo Notable on. A gigantic thank you to my patrons, Rochelle, Laura, Sarah, Liz, and Stephanie. Keep working on becoming the best version of yourself today, tomorrow, and forever. For you, your community, the animals, and the planet. Take care and I will see you all next time.